Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Support for this podcast comes from Frito Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Fellow Falcoholics, what is up? Welcome to the next episode of the Falcoholic Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Knight at Falcoholic Kevin, joined by an illustrious Falcons guest, former Falcoholic staff member, also formerly at For the Win, now at Underdog Fantasy and host of the excellent Exemplist Podcast. If you haven't checked that out, yeah, that show is a lot of fun. Uh, he is Charles McDonald at Four Verts. Charles, how are you doing today? Doing all right. You know, it's a pretty nice uh, Monday morning in Brooklyn. The sun's out. There's no clouds, but uh, you know, I'm I'm inside talking about the Falcons. So, <laughs> yeah, but, uh, maybe, could, not the, yeah. <laughs> maybe not the start to my summer that I wanted, but uh, I'm happy that you have me on today. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I live in Syracuse, so it was like, it was 66 yesterday. Was it that nice in in the city as well? Yeah, it was like 75, breezy, perfect day for a day party, which I definitely went to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it was it was a great day yesterday for sure. Today, I think it's going to get into the 80s again, so we're losing it a little bit. But, uh, you know, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out up here. It's it's nowhere near as bad as uh, down south these days. So, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, guys. So we're going to take a look. Charles is also a long suffering Falcons fan, in case you guys didn't know that. Uh, we're going to take sort of a, a, a bird's eye view of the team, get Charles's thoughts on sort of how their free agency went, how the draft went. And then sort of how how we're feeling heading into training camp. Just a, a bird's eye view uh, of the team and uh, see how we're feeling. So let's get things started with the, the early stuff, free agency and all that. Um, you know, they didn't really make any major moves. Obviously, the big thing was trying to get Deshaun Watson, which we saw how that turned out. Uh, <laughs> that wasn't great. Um I mean, I don't even know if I ever got your thoughts on that. I mean, I know we, we both feel the same way about the pursuit of Deshaun Watson, but what, I mean, just what? Embarrassing. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just, Not really much else to say at this point, but just, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I was just about to say, like, they, they've kind of bounced back, I guess that's how we'll call it, this offseason, because it, it got off to such a bad start with the, the Ridley, and then like a month later, or not even a full month, maybe a few weeks later, you had them basically getting to the finish line with the John Watson trade, which they didn't get done, which forced Matt. We're not, I guess, you know, Matt was just like, uh, uh, I don't need to <laughs> anymore, which yeah. is good for him. I was happy he stood up for himself actually in that yeah. situation. 
Uh, so, you know, after such just like a terrible, terrible start to the offseason, uh, I think they've rebounded pretty nicely. I like their free agency period. Uh, almost again, like they didn't have a lot of cash to spend, but, uh, you know, I thought the additions that they they added this year uh, made sense. I, I certainly like their free agency class this year better than last year. Mm-hmm. Uh Cause, you know, I, I think a guy like Rashawn Evans, if he needs to start for a year, that's probably fine. Uh, he has some good years with DMPs in Tennessee. Getting Casey Hayward, you know, even though he's on the older end, I, he's still one of the better cornerbacks in the league. So uh, at least just for this year, you have like to do it with him uh, and AJ Terrell. Uh, that should be you know, yeah. pretty solid for them. Uh, and then, you know, we'll, we'll get to the draft in a bit. But, you know, just for starting off where they had with like no money in free agency and then, uh, you know, also eating that huge dead cap hit from the Matt Ryan trade. Uh, I don't know. It, it, it's, it, I think they turned around. It's been a more productive offseason than uh, last offseason for sure when I was scratching my head at a lot of the signings that they made. But this year, uh, it feels like they have more of a plan at least. At least they're trying to get guys that kind of fit in the system and uh, can come in and make a contribution, positive contribution, I should say. Uh, day one so yeah I'm, I'm pretty pleased by this offseason in general outside of you know losing matt and <laughs> the nasty man yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> outside, yeah outside of losing matt and calvin in like the most falcons yeah. way possible so, yeah. uh yeah it was i think it's been a pretty solid offseason yeah i did want to touch on what you mentioned too it's just after the whole watson thing we did start to see what i what seems like a plan for the first time like a coherent plan and one of the big parts of that plan was to sort of, you know, quote unquote, eat your vegetables with the cap. And they finally jettisoned a lot of these bad deals. They did it all at once. So now we're looking at finally in 2023 having a healthy cap situation. Do you think that was the right call to sort of just take these bad deals off all at once, including Matt? But Matt Ryan's, I don't know if that was a bad deal. They they set that up on purpose to be like that. Yeah. But um, yeah. Yeah. That was, I don't know. Yeah, the Matt stuff is still kind of, it's a little confusing to me, like going back yeah. to last, like you're going back, to, going back to last summer. Like, it's just, <laughs> it's just confusing. Like, why did you set yourself up to have to take this huge dead cap hit? Uh, very, like very, very weird stuff. Because, you know, everyone was saying that, you know, with the Matt restructure last year, oh, you know, it's going to lock him in for two years. And I think in a normal situation, he's probably still uh, the quarterback of the Falcons. I think even he's talked about it himself where he's like, you know, if they hadn't basically they hadn't gone to try to get Deshaun Watson, he's probably still the head court or the you know the starting quarterback of the Falcons. So uh that was that was interesting. But hey, you ripped the band-aid off, you're here now. And I feel like now that they have like their own fresh start at quarterback, maybe uh they seem to have more of a plan since then. Uh I I, I like the Mariota signing just for what it is, you know. Yeah, it's a nice role. Uh where you know he can come in and start hopefully but you know if not it's not the end of the world uh even though you know he's getting like basically he's gotten the contract like if you're a veteran quarterback in this league you're not a rookie but not quite a starter either either that's basically the kind of deal mariota got and then adding ritter to the draft uh there's a there's a plan here uh and just with mariota i would say i know that you know that year he had in tennessee where arthur smith was horrendous like to the point where, <laughs> yeah, yeah. To the point where he got benched for ryan Tannehill. But I do think, you know, my, my buddy Justice, who's the biggest Marcus Mariota fan on the planet, uh, says this a lot. Like, Marcus was dealing with nerve damage and the thumb on his throwing hand that year. Yeah. Uh, so it's funny that, you know, he did dice up the Falcons that year. But outside <laughs> of that, he was playing uh, 
he was playing pretty hurt, you know, in a way that is like pretty significant uh, for a quarterback. Like if you're having trouble feeling some of the fingers on your throwing hand, I can imagine that throwing a football uh, will be kind of hard. So I do expect it to look a little better than that. But, you know, I'm not expecting like Marcus to come in and light up the world for us. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like a fun stopgap quarterback addition. Like yeah. I think there's like a like I think the offense will be watchable. I think he'll be an entertaining quarterback week to week. You know, I don't think we're expecting top 15 quarterback play, but in terms of the guys you could have signed at this point, I mean, I think he was the best choice. I mean, I I think we're infinitely more excited about him than the Panthers are about Sam Darnold and they're paying him 18 million. So, um, (laughs) but in that context, I like the signing a lot. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Could be, could be a lot worse. Uh, yeah, it's it's definitely not the worst quarterback value that is in the, um, like in the division. So, uh, I like it. And like I said, I, I, it doesn't stop you from playing Ritter if Ritter's good. Uh, and I think when you look at the contract details, it's really just a one-year deal. So, uh, it's, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued. I, I guess this, this off season has left me cautiously intrigued. Yes. Yeah. That, that's a good one. Yeah. The other free agent signing I really liked that we haven't touched on was, uh, Lorenzo Carter who came over from the giants. Uh, I forgot that he was a perfect 10 RAS guy from the yeah. combine. I knew he was athletic, but, uh, yeah. What do you think about Carter? Do you think, is he better than Dante Fowler? Chuck, is he better uh, than Dante? <laughs> no, no, I wouldn't say. I, I, w- I would say they're like the same guy, you know, I, which is funny because the Falcons gave Dante all that money. But <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I look at them and I see like pretty similar guys. I mean, I, I covered the Giants uh, for a few years up here in New York. So, you know, I know Lorenzo. Uh, I've, I've hung with him a few times in the locker room. He's a good guy, funny guy. I uh, don't think he's a great pass rusher or anything. Like, I, I would say, like, for the deal they signed him to, it's it's pretty good value. You know, I, I think that he can be a starter. Uh, you know, probably would have been a starter on the Falcons last year. Yeah. I, I think he's, you know, it's about the same as Dante Fowler, but you're not paying, you know, $15 million for the three sacks you're probably going to get out of him. You know, it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a better deal for them. Um, I'm kind of interested to see maybe, you know, it, with the why the, the style of play that Dean Pease likes to play with. And, you know, Dean said that they're, they were like at 60% of the playbook last year, going to be tried closer to 100% this year, maybe with some of the, the uh, uh, creativity that Dean likes to use up front with the pass rush stunts and stuff like that. Maybe you can unlock some of that athleticism in ways the Giants were able to. Uh, but, you know, you're still looking at a guy who's <laughs> – when you're when you're six five like two fifty run a four four and not getting sacks like that's yeah it, yeah it, it, it kind of tells itself <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean at least we can hold on to the five sacks in five games at the end of last year we can just pretend that that yeah, that that's Lorenzo Carter that's what we're getting now so yeah yep. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're, it's only up from here it's gonna be one sack per game forever seventeen sack guy here we come. Um, yeah, but I mean, and honestly, like, even if he could get five sacks this year, he would, he would have led the Falcons, you know, last year. Oh, yeah. so anything would be good at this point. Um, and he's yeah. a good run defender too. You know, he can cover defender. some. Yeah. It, 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 you know, on the scale of where, what the Falcons are. Yeah. So <laughs> this, this might be an upgrade, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. this, this is more about the Falcons than Lorenzo. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, the other position group in free agency I want to talk about just because there were so many additions was wide receiver where we got uh Auden Tate we got Demir Bird we got uh who is the other guy uh Kaderil Hodge uh we got Brian Edwards via trade 
Um, and you know, Geronimo Allison was just signed. So like, this was a group that we, you said you, you mentioned Ridley's suspension. Like after that, it was like Zacchaeus and Frank Darby. And that was literally all they had. And now we've brought in not necessarily, I mean, I think Brian Edwards is exciting, but the other ones, you know, it's like, these are all guys that have been productive NFL players in the past. Maybe one can hit. What do you think about how they've sort of remade or at least stocked the cupboard, I guess, at wide receiver, uh, in free agency? Um, it's interesting. I, I, I just kind of want to know, like, what, like, obviously, I, I think he can say that getting bigger receivers was a huge priority for them this offseason, uh, just on how they've acted. You know, Brian Edwards uh, is a big dude. Alden Tate's like 6'5". Where Drake London's one of the bigger receivers uh, on the team, too. So I, I am curious, like, why this decision was made. Uh, you know, because when I think of like this offense, uh, obviously guys like AJ Brown have had success in the, in the past, but I can't imagine, I can't, you know, think of an, an iteration of it when you're going through, you know, past Falcons teams with, you know, maybe, well, I guess Julio and Snoo are pretty, two pretty, pretty big dudes. But then, you know, you look at what the 49ers have done with a guy like Debo leaving their team. Uh, it, it just kind of, it, it's interesting that they decided that size was such a necessity for them. And I just want to see like, how that ends up taking fold or it ends up taking place like on the field and unfolding on the field. Uh, because when I think of this offense, I think of, uh, you know, like there's usually a big guy, but then you want some guys like that make him run after the catch. Yeah. yeah. Uh, make some plays like on some of those play action crossers that I know that they're going to try to run and get back to this year. So uh, maybe the whole plan is, you know, trying to find big guys that can run. Uh, I think you got one in Drake London. Uh, Brian Edwards has potential there too. Uh, I don't. I don't think Alden Tate's quite that guy. He's more like <laughs> no, no. Contested like jump ball kind of guy to me. Uh, but you know, they're they're trying to get like these big guys that can run and make plays after the catch is is what it seems like to me. Uh, and I just thought that like them going after guys who were just big big receivers like six four plus uh, was interesting, especially. Yeah, or maybe it's just like trauma from last year dealing with uh, <laughs> like Omid Zacchaeus with five eight trying to catch like goal line passes. Uh, I, uh, I I I I'm just interested to see like how Arthur Smith decides to deploy these guys this year. Yeah, I think it's exciting. I think it does have to do with the red zone because they really struggled last year in the red zone because it was Kyle Pitts and you know it was comical sometimes watching like three dudes like blanketing him and, like hanging off his arms and stuff like this. Uh, and they just didn't really have another guy. I mean, Russell Gage was was doing admirable work, and obviously Cordero Patterson was sort of the red zone guy. But uh, the hope is that some of these guys hopefully can come in and, and get those get those hands up and, and catch some, some floaters at some point. Uh, that would be very helpful. Um, the last one was Cordero Patterson. Good, good seg to that. They did bring him back. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you think that he's going to play a, another significant role this year? Oh, definitely. And Cordero's he's just an interesting guy in general because usually you don't have guys like this late into their careers at his age that don't have like a whole bunch of tread on the tri- tires, I guess is what I would say. Yeah. Um, I mean, because it's not like he, the last year was really the first time he's ever been like a, a core piece of really any offense. We saw how that worked out for him. Uh, and for the team, I'm glad he's back uh, because I think just when you look at the team, the offensive line is still really bad. 
Uh, so you're gonna need. Uh, you're, <laughs> look, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm like, let's, let's, let's be just let's be real about this. They think it was a bad offensive line last year, and they they made no moves on it. So unless like some of these guys make some serious step forwards, I'm not expecting this to be, uh, you know, a productive unit really at all for them this year. So I think you're gonna need guys like Cordero Patterson, Brian Edwards, Drake London, uh, Kyle Pitts, just big play threats because they're gonna have to create a lot on their own. Uh, I think that having even two mobile quarterbacks matters a lot with this offensive line. Uh, not that, you know, Matt did like a bad job last year, but uh, I think if you're going to be someone that doesn't have the experience that Matt does, being able to run away from guys when you're still trying to figure out defenses uh, can be a, a big help. So, you know, the offensive line is going to be bad, but, you know, you got guys like CPAT back on the roster. Uh I don't know how to pronounce his last name, Tyler Algier. Is that how you pronounce it? I think it's it? Algier, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, you know, getting guys like them on the roster, guys who can make plays through contact, uh, it's just going to be interesting to watch, really, how productive this offense can be. Because I think, like, when you look around the league, they're not – the Falcons, like, they don't have a, a bad set of skill players. Um, but, you know, the offensive line is, is really the danger zone for them. But luckily, they have guys that can kind of make plays on their own. Like, when I go back and watch Drake London at USC, I just think the, the balance through contact and the physicality is just, like, one of the most impressive things about him. And I think that, you know, you, you kind of see that as a trend with some of the guys that Falcons drafted this year uh, and who they added to the roster this year and who they decided to keep around. So uh, I think that they clearly want to be a more physical team. And uh, I'm – kind of chuckling to myself like if you want to be clearly you want to be a more physical team but you know you, you didn't really upgrade the offensive line so i think that yeah that, that's going to be a little bit of a challenge for them yeah and that's a good seg into probably the most problematic spot on the roster now which is the offensive line like you said uh really surprising lack of moves on the interior they did add jermaine effetti and elijah wilkinson to compete at uh, right tackle but the interior was the, I mean, Caleb McGarry, he's very up and down. His good games are good. His bad games are bad, but you know, not the biggest issue on the offensive line. We know the biggest issue on the offensive line was left guard. And despite Matt Hennessy's terrific PFF grade, I think that Sorry. was not indicative, <laughs> indicative of his actual play. Yeah, um, you know, <laughs> he was ranked like, near like the, the seventh center or something. <laughs> Yeah, maybe I, center play is just that bad. I don't know, but yeah, that, that it's either that or I I don't know because I've been rewatching. I've been rewatching some of the games. And I'm just like, man, yeah. if 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 I were GM, I would have tried to have three new starters up there on the yeah. on the line, center, left guard, and right tackle. Like, yeah. I think you're you're in a good spot with Lindstrom. I think he's I I think Lindstrom. Yeah, he's a stud, amazing. man. He's mm-hmm. a stud. Uh, like he, he, he just in. You know, relatively like relatively to all the other guards in the league, like I, I think he's one of the best. But it doesn't really matter when you're when you're, you're you got to put out fires for the other guys. <laughs> kind of negates how how good you are. You know, because you know we think about all the time. Often the line is you know it's one of those positions where it's the sum of its parts. So you know, and not only like <laughs> the sum of those parts, but like where those guys like are positioned. So if I have a quality left tackle and a good right guard. The guys in between and to and on the other edge are trash. Like it doesn't matter because yeah. it's not like it's not like Lynchum and Jake Matthews are getting a whole lot of interaction with each other throughout the course of a game. You know, you, you need those guys right next to you to be solid, which is where uh, you know, unfortunately the Falcons have, have really struggled. Like I I I can't believe that 
they're just kind of running back the Hennessy Mayfield thing again. I can I can understand McGarry to a degree because already locked in on like, you know, I guess a, a first round contract, even though the end of the first round isn't crazy, especially since they didn't pick up his fifth year option. Yeah. Uh, but you know, like you said, his his good players are enough where you can get by for a game. But the other two, I mm-hmm. can't imagine like just having no competition no no competition for them which is crazy to me yeah and like i get wanting to see like arthur smith i think said on in the open ota which i didn't even know the open otas were a thing but there was an open ota practice and he said in his press conference that they were intentionally uh they were intentionally loading up on skill players in the non-contact part of the offseason and then they were gonna pivot and sign more trench players for camp so maybe that's why they have like 13 receivers and like 12 cornerbacks on the roster and like, you know, 14 total offensive linemen. Cause I was like wondering, like, uh, are we really carrying 13 receivers? Like, uh, but so maybe that's why they're waiting, you know, cause they're, I mean, they're probably not in the market for like a big time starter, like an Eric flowers or something like that. Like someone who's yeah. going to demand like starting money. But, um, you know, I, I, it's shocking to me that we haven't seen any major additions at all. I mean, I, I guess like Drew Dahlman, like if you want to say like, okay, Matt Hennessy and Drew Dahlman duke it out for center. It's like, okay, that's fine. Like I think I, I'm comfortable with one of those guys, hopefully winning a competition, but left guard, there's like nobody else there. I mean, Justin Schaefer, you know, we got a dog in here. So, you know, maybe that counts for something, right? But, uh, <laughs> but it's like, you're going to have a sixth rounder compete with Mayfield like that. And Colby Gossett, you know, uh, former UDFA Ryan Newsel, who was the best offensive lineman in the preseason last year, but you know that's a, that's a big task for a former undrafted. Guy. So it's like, you know, we need a veteran, like at least as like insurance at left guard. But yeah, they drafted the wrong UGA offensive lineman too. <laughs> yeah, I can't I believe was... Salyer went after him. That's nuts. Yeah, yeah, uh, and it just hurt me even more that the Falcons were the team to officially pick the wrong one. Uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> I've, I've watched Justin Safer and I'm like, dude, this, this is literally just Jalen Mayfield 2.0. Uh, I, I, I don't get it. Um, and especially with Salier right, right there on the bird on the board uh, for you. So yeah, it, it's kind of crazy that they didn't want to add more competition, but we're at this point in the off season, maybe they just decided we'll hope one of these young guys steps up. And if not, then next year we have more money to actually just go out and just, simply buy an offensive line. Uh, yeah. Which I, I think that, I think that Ritter being good uh, is so important for this team. We're not even being good, but just like showing signs of life so that you can just go spend the off season next year upgrading uh, other positions. So um, like I said, it's been an interesting off season. Yeah. I, I think that the way that this offense looks this year, is probably just simply going to be fundamentally different than it did last year. Not from, I mean, hopefully from a production standpoint. Yeah, yeah, hopefully. From a from a like a schematic standpoint too, because you have two quarterbacks who are a lot more mobile than Matt was. You've you know injected a lot of size into this wide receiver room, but you know you're still kind of dealing with the same deficiencies on the offensive line. So you know, to me, like this this offense almost needs to look like a a different team (laughs) than it did last year, Uh, and. You know, and, and one of my small wish list items for the Falcons this year is just please don't forget you got number eight when you get inside the twenty yes, yards. Please, like I'm, I'm, I, the amount of times that they pulled him off the field in the red, in like in the red zone was just baffling to me. Uh, yeah, but hey, you got you got uh, two Titans and 
Kyle Pitts and Drake London, and hopefully <laughs> they can just stay on the field because there's no reason for them both not to be on the field when it's getting close to crunch time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think there's a, a significant chance that the like I, people are still down on the receiving core, but like I feel like everyone just forgets Kyle Pitts is there. Like they're like, yeah. oh, well, Drake London's their their number one receiver. Oh yeah, well, there's a guy named Kyle Pitts too. You know, like he he catches footballs just because he's yeah. a tight end. Like the um, group is it's fine. Like yes. yeah, it's fine. It's uh, not like elite or anything, but it's fine. You know, Pitts, London, Edwards, that's a perfectly – and Coral Patterson, that's a perfectly acceptable top four target group now. Like, we've gotten there. It's fine now. <laughs> yep, yep. And, and look, I, I will give them credit for this. Like, in a year's time, they've they've put some work in to get, you know, the, the, the skill positions up uh, because, you know, last year is just like really just Pitts and CPAP for the most yeah. part. Yeah. And with Pitts, like, honestly, I think he could have had a crazier year than he had. Just like when you look at, there were games like just with the usage rate where he wasn't used all that much where to pull him off from the field, like I said before, um, really weird, like inopportune times that would really help the team. Like, I don't know, having a 6'4", 240-pound guy that can cut on a dime and make plays in the air might be nice to have in, in, in the red zones. Yeah, kind of weird that they didn't really try to go back to that more often, but right, just to have him stand back there. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, one of the things that made Arthur Smith so appealing to me, coming out of Tennessee, was like the the red zone play calling was just so damn good. And I know that obviously having someone like Derrick Henry makes things uh, a little bit easier for you. But even like just the pass concepts that they were calling was. Uh, it was it was a lot better than what you see from most NFL teams. So I'm still holding out hope that and honestly I don't even think they were that bad in the red zone last year. It's just like a complaint where you're just like, God damn it, you have you spent the number four overall pick on this football mutant. Can you please just throw in the ball a little bit more? Yeah. Uh like I think it's funny, like so my coworker Hayden Hanks or Hayden Winks, excuse me, he uh he put together like an expected touchdown uh scoring chart from last year and Kyle Pitts was expected to score like based on whatever stat he was running like five more touchdowns than he actually <laughs> one yeah. touch he did so uh I'm I'm expecting like a huge monster yeah. year yeah, from yeah. Kyle Pitts like it's always funny yeah like you said before it's always funny when people bring up the Falcons receivers I'm like you're forgetting that guy who can like play inline slot and outside receiver as well as any uh legitimately any player in the league like I think when you look at just simple pass catching targets uh I I I think it's not even crazy to say that Kyle Pitts might be like the most talented pass catcher in the NFL right now. Just when you yeah. look at the size, the skill, the coordination, I mean, it 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 really is. I like I can't I I find like hard to put the words like when when I'm describing Kyle Pitts because it's just everything about him is just a unicorn, man. Like I understand like why they keep calling him that. Uh, I even if I don't like agree with the process of picking him number four last year, like he just based on pure talent, he could have gone number one overall. Uh, but you know, I, I I just like I said before, I find it funny when people just omit him. We're talking about oh, yeah. who's you know who's the Falcons wide receiver too? Drake London, that's who. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's he's not, we're not relying on a rookie to be our wide receiver <laughs> one. Yeah, come on, Cyborg. No, we're number eight. Who can play wide receiver and slot and tight end? Like I don't yep. know. Uh, I think he's wearing eight. How many tight ends do you know wearing single digits? All right, he's no. going to the Hall of Fame. So. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> no he. I think he is like a Hall of Fame level talent. Like, uh, so I'm, I'm, I 
will be buying like all the Kyle Pitt stock I yeah, can. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I think he's going to have a monster year. Like, could approach 14, 1500 yards if he stays healthy. Yeah, I agree. Agree wholeheartedly. I think, uh, I think this is the year for him. Like, people somehow were like weirdly disappointed in Kyle Pitt's rookie season, which is just bizarre to me because he's the only, I think the only other, other rookie tight end to ever have over a thousand yards aside from Mike Dicka's like absolutely nuts rookie season, which he never even replicated himself. So uh, like, and, and people were like disappointed because I don't know what they expected. Like, did they think he was going to be Julio like in his rookie season or something? Like, it's just, it's weird to me, but uh, he might be that this year, even with a worse quarterback situation. So um, yeah, hundred percent agree to uh, get all the Kyle Pitts shares that you can uh, in fantasy. I'm probably going to try to trade Travis Kelsey for him straight up in my dynasty league. I don't know if anyone's dumb enough for that to, to agree to that, but if they are, you know, I will. So it also helps that I have Mark Andrews so I, I can afford to trade Kelsey. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, Hey, if nobody's going to take the tight ends, I'll take them. But uh, yeah, we should probably touch on the draft a little bit. Uh, we had you on for the draft party to talk about like the first round and sort of the early second round picks. I, so we've heard your your thoughts on Drake London, but uh, you know any of the any of the picks stand out to you that you really liked, didn't like? Uh, I love the the Arnold Lepichetti pick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I I think that guy's the first round talent, like someone who can be a Pro Bowl pass rusher uh, in the NFL. Did he? He was so good and so productive for Penn State last year. Uh, I, I don't know. I just think he's got a knack for winning off the edge. He's strong. Uh, and he, he had like, I want to say he had like 20 TFLs last year. Yeah, it was it's, nuts. Yeah. It's not just like you're getting someone who's only a pass rusher. I, I think his game is pretty complete. Uh, and obviously, you know, I like the Ritter pick, especially where they got him. I probably would have taken him around earlier uh, yeah. just because I I kind of like him. Like he, he seemed like, a, like the ideal, like second round quarterback that you take a dice roll on. You got him in round three. Uh, it's kind of rare that you can get a quarterback in round three that you say, you know, he's going to compete for the starting job and no one's laughing at you for, yeah. you know, for saying that. Uh, and then I, my, my, my secret, like favorite pick in this draft, the, the John Fitzpatrick pick at the end, like, I, I don't know how many people have watched this guy play, right? but dude, he blocks his ass off, like in a way where it's like actually worth picking him up, even though he's not, uh, doesn't you know he didn't catch a whole lot of passes at Georgia, but I would say like even though he didn't catch a whole lot of passes at Georgia, he still to me does have like like when I just watch him play that like, he looks like someone who can be you know at least like a, a little a little mini weapon from time to time because uh, he's pretty fluid in the open field and, and he can make some catches. But you know the big thing with him is that dude just he loves contact like he loves hurting people on the football field. So. Uh, I I think he's I think he's going to end up being a fan favorite pretty quick. So I like the draft, the Troy Anderson pick. Um, I don't know that that's just a dice roll to me. Yeah, it's a big wild card, but it's a big you know. wild card because I don't know. I, I watch him play a few games. So I'm like, well, you're, like you're, oh, this guy's <laughs> only played linebacker for a year. Wow. Yeah, he he, like, he, he I like the best way I can describe Troy Anderson or the way I've been describing him to people who like haven't seen him play is like he looks like a quarterback who just made the transition to linebacker especially like there are a lot of times where he's coming downhill uh try, either trying to make a tackle or like taking on off the lineman and, and it's like ooh, that's new for you isn't it you know the, <laughs> when it's coming down and, and trying to punch a 300 pound guard in the face like i know that that's so yep. different from the cushy life that you've been living as a quarterback but <laughs> then there are times like when you see him like i, I didn't i didn't clip this but 
I think in, there's this Wyoming game and he's playing Mike and they're running cover too. So he's got like the huge responsibility in the middle of the field. And like, he's got the speed and the range for like all these coverage uh, responsibilities. And I think when he's in coverage is like where you kind of see the, the former quarterback pop out at least, you know, mentally. Cause I think he's pretty good at like leveraging himself against different route concepts and figuring out where to be. It's just like, you know, the, 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 I guess the lunch pill part of being a linebacker is stuff that yeah. he really, 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 really still needs to work on. So I, I think that they're aware of that. You know, they signed Rashawn Evans, Nick Kiewikowski. They still got Deion Jones on the roster. I would be surprised if Troy Anderson starts any games this year, right. uh, unless people start getting hurt. But I, I think for, for where you are, which is right now basically nowhere, um, just uh, a hypothetical team that's trying to figure things out. I think it's a nice dice roll. And then D'Angelo Malone in the third round. Uh, I don't think he's got like the upside of Evan Ketty, but uh, hopefully he can, he can turn into someone that can be a useful part of this rotation. You know, I'm, I'm, I don't, I don't think I love him as a pass rushing prospect. I think he's got to gain some weight there. Uh, but, you know, I think he does leverage himself like well against the run and just like fits himself up in the right place for him. It's just going to be more about, legit just like physical strength to hold yeah. up uh, at the next level yeah yeah I, I agree with all those takes i the troy anderson pick it's very like interesting because i can't remember who tweeted this out but it's like if you run anderson's ras at like every position he's like above a nine or something yeah, that, was, <laughs> that, was, that was me like he's, he's yeah, a, yeah he's a 10 at like quarterback well obviously yeah. quarterback uh cornerback wide receiver tight end running back he was like uh Damn near a 10 for just about all those positions. Yeah. So yeah. He's, he's, nuts. He's, like, he's like legitimately one of the best athletes to ever enter the NFL. Uh, you know, he's just making that transition from yeah. quarterback to linebacker. Right. So I do wonder, like, honestly, like considering what the team did with, with Patterson and they're changing Avery Williams to running back and all this, like, are we going to see like Anderson do anything like interesting? Like, I mean, like if, if the whole linebacker thing doesn't work out, maybe he could play running back. Maybe he could play tight end. You know, like I mean, the, the you've got other options if the physicality at linebacker doesn't come naturally to him. I mean, I, I wouldn't count him out just because this is a guy that played three positions in you know four years in college. So you know, I yeah. I think he's certainly a smart guy and someone that's going to take to it, but it's going to take time. But uh, yeah. he's just an exciting athlete, no matter what. So yeah, the guys I'm most looking forward to watching in the preseason are Anderson and Ritter. Um, yeah. I just because like I don't know I don't really expect Drake London to play a whole lot in the preseason, uh, but you know the other guys should get a lot of burn, and I think we're gonna obviously gonna see a lot of Ritter because he's a rookie competing for the starting job, and then Anderson just from a standpoint of like where are you in your development as the end of the NFL? Because I think that that's gonna be the case. Like, is he gonna? Because this honestly, the way I feel about. Troy Anderson is honestly exactly how I felt about like John Kaminsky yeah. coming out of the uh, coming into the NFL because I obviously like I, I didn't watch Kaminsky until after the combine like I did with Troy because I didn't watch him until after he got drafted but you know Kaminsky great all-world athlete was not a very good football player uh, <laughs> even at the, like the level of competition he was playing playing at he didn't really stand out all that much uh, I think Troy Anderson is probably a better college player than Kaminsky was. Uh, but it's still it's still a risk. But like I said before, you're not close to playing for anything anytime soon. So why not take a dice roll on the six four linebacker who can run a four four? 
Yeah. You know, just just for the chance that he turns into this all pro, you know, it's worth yeah. it's worth a shot, especially when you had so many day two picks. Like, I mean, maybe they should have taken an offensive lineman, but, you know, well, well I'll, I'll well, apparently they weren't interested in doing that. So what, whatever. Yeah. But <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, you know, all the moves we've talked about, everything we're heading into, you know, deep into OTAs and training camp. Like, how are you feeling about this team now? Obviously, I think you said you feel better than you did before the offseason. But, you know, sort of how do you see this team? I mean, I think the Vegas, I think the Vegas over under total went back to five and a half. It was briefly down at five. Uh, I think it's at five and a half again. But are you sort of leaning that this team is, you know, in line for a top five pick? You know, are they going to stay in the top 10? You think they're going to repeat last year's performance where are you sort of ending up in your overall thoughts on the team at this point uh i would still say you're trending toward the top five pick um definitely yeah. <laughs> definitely yeah. still trending towards the top <laughs> five pick in my opinion uh because i i i, I would say like this offseason set them on the right track hopefully but i i don't think you're gonna be reaping the rewards of this uh all that soon, you know, Drake London just turned, or he's about to turn 21 in a few weeks on July 24th. And the last time we saw him play football, he broke his ankle. Um, I think you're going to be a little patient there. Uh, obviously with the quarterback situation, it's, I think it's exciting. It's fun to like think about, but the reality of the situation is like, none of these guys are realistically going to be good this year. Um, I think, you know, your, your goal for quarterback play should be not, the Panthers. Uh, <laughs> look, if, if, look, if you can be better than Sam Darnold, that's a that's a good starting spot. Like if you're Mariota or Ritter, not that that would be like in, extremely hard to do, but I think that's that's kind of the goal for them uh, from a quarterback standpoint. And I think just on defense, it you got Grady, you got him to resign, which honestly kind of surprised me a little bit. I thought that <laughs> that was done. Uh, but money talks. So yep. I, yeah, I was I was really happy to see that done. But outside mm-hmm. of that, like the front seven is still bad. Deion Jones, I I don't even think he's a starting caliber linebacker anymore. And that's been going on for like two seasons now. So I don't even like just want to blame the just the Dean P stuff because right. even by you know Dan Quinn's last season here, he was playing some terrible terrible football. Uh, and then you know. I, I don't I don't really know like what's gonna happen on this edge rush. Not really that excited about that either. Yeah. Uh and then the safety play has to get a whole lot better too, man. Yep. Yep. Uh I would bank on Richie Grant being better than he was last year, mainly because mm-hmm. he just He has to be. Yeah. He has to be. Yeah. Uh and honestly, honestly, Jalen Hawkins is is a little intriguing to me. Yeah, yeah. Uh but just as a whole, like this defense is still not good. I would say it's still in the bottom five talent wise maybe even bottom three uh so it's a it's a this obviously is a good start to a rebuild it's a start that makes sense after not making sense last off season uh like I, I think you're finally starting to see a plan come together and i'm just really i'm really i don't think excited is the right word i'm intrigued because I, I don't expect this team to win more than like three or four games uh but you've got some building blocks for the for the uh for the future I would just implore people, hey, it's been a long time since we've done this. And uh, you usually don't get as lucky as to pick a quarterback who throws a 60-yard touchdown on his first pass. Like, that kind of signifies, all right, we have a guy. Um, It's going to be a lot of ups and downs. You know, most teams, 
like we got we got really lucky man you had you had the 2007 year and that was really it uh before you know you you like you have one season basically where you come to the season where you don't feel like you have any hope and that's been the last time that we've really felt like that i guess and, you know yeah. last year too probably just because the roster was so thin but at least you had matt ryan like this is a very fresh start and i just think people need to remember it <laughs> It's going to be some downs and it's going to be some ups. There's going to be a whole lot of downs because this team is not very good right now. Yeah, and it was ne- this is a necessary step in the right direction. Like it, yeah, you, right. you sort of, it was always going to happen after Ryan. Like maybe you could say, like I mean, even if they had taken Justin Fields last year, I think we'd feel better about the overall direction because they have the quarterback in place or something like that. But like at the end of the day, this team is probably not winning drastically more games with Justin Fields this year because the roster is still bad. It's the same reason the Bears aren't going to win a ton of games with Justin Fields. I would argue the Bears are worse off than oh, the Falcons, yeah. certainly. I, but... <laughs> I, I would too. I don't, I, yeah, don't think, yeah. I don't think this is the worst team in the league. No, um, no. You've got some, you, like, you, you have some real pieces, of, I think, on offense. Uh, some real promising pieces, uh, some established pieces. Like, you're... You're moving in the right direction. Oh, yeah. Excuse me, right direction. I would just say, hey, maybe Justin Fields can be had next summer. If, hey, if he, if, we, if, you if, can if, still if, fix it, Falcons. You can still make the right decision. You can yeah, still go you, get him. Yeah, you can get Fields and Pitts because next summer you might be able to get Justin Fields for a third after what the Bears about to do. <laughs> uh, That's the going yeah. rate for quarterbacks now. So <laughs> yeah, I, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. That's a good one. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about the actual trade conversation on the yep, match. Yep. I just try to forget. Yeah, I try to yeah. forget. So. Yeah, but they, uh, they, no, had, I, they yeah. had what? They had Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, and didn't get a single first round pick for any. Yeah, I think they would have got a first for Ridley. I think they would have. Yeah, they would but, have. But then, yeah. you know, then Ridley, you know, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> gambling. <laughs> but yeah i do really like the secondary like i think aj terrell casey hayward isaiah oliver if he's healthy i think that could be actually a pretty good exciting cornerback trio and i think you're banking on improvement but like richie grant jalen hawkins eric harris was like solid as a backup um you know i think the secondary can be like the identity of the defense and that's kind of a a big shift from like what Dan Quinn was doing with the front seven. Like he emphasized the front seven. He just never hit on the front seven picks. So maybe we just emphasize the secondary, actually hit the secondary picks, then it'll be all good. But um, so I think you've got like, you're starting, uh, they're starting to build out the foundation of the roster. It's not like the house isn't there yet. So, you know, it's not like you can do anything with it, but we still don't have a door. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. No walls, no door. Um, you know, we've got a left tackle post and we've got a right guard post and, you know, the, the other three spots are completely empty. But um, it's it's encouraging. I think they're on the right track, but I agree with you that it's it's a tall task, particularly with what looks like a difficult schedule this year, um, like yeah, much yeah. more difficult than last year. Um, it's going to be a tall order for them to, to match their win total. And it doesn't they might be a better team. I think this will be maybe the first year in a while that they've been like a better defense than offense. Um, Maybe. Uh, I don't remember the last time that happened. So it doesn't mean that the defense will be good. It just might be better than the offense. (laughs) But yeah, um, my, my, my whole take, like even after this past season, before we even got to the off season, it's just been, there's a good chance that the 20, 22 Falcons are a better quality team than the 2021 Falcons and win fewer games. 
Yeah. Uh, because honestly, that seven and ten roster, that seven and ten record <laughs> oh last year, that was a yeah. terrible team. They had a yeah. complete facade. Uh, I, I know, you know, there are people who are like, well, they won seven games, so we should expect more. Man, no, I don't. I don't think that's right. When you look at the schedule uh, this year, you're starting off Saints, Rams, Seahawks. Which the Seahawks game is a little bit of reprieve, but so Saints, Rams, Seahawks, Browns, Bucks, 49ers, Bengals, Panthers, Chargers open the season. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, to close the season, your last four games are Saints, Ravens, Cardinals, Buccaneers. So, yeah. look, I don't, I don't – if this team wins seven games, I'm, I'm putting Marcus Mariota in the MVP conversation. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean that, yeah. Because th- this is a brutal, brutal uh, schedule, and the roster still is not good. Yeah, yeah. So, it, it like, I think I, I agree with, what, like, what you're saying. Like, I think this team has the potential to put in, like, a Lions season. And yeah. Just like they're gonna hopefully be more competitive in games. I just don't think they'll win as many. Like right, because those, those um, one school games can be finicky. And the Falcons yeah. won just about all of them last year. I think yeah, they won six yeah. and one in their one score games. And then when they played like you know teams that were actually good, like the Cowboys and the <laughs> Patriots, it, it it just we 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 saw the actual quality of the roster when they played yep. the good teams because uh, yeah. they they were those games were never ever close. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I forgot. I forgot. I was you know I was thinking about. The other day, the San Francisco game last year, when they, like <laughs> just from the first play, like, oh, we got a chance. We're playing in the game with stakes again. And then, you know, the rest of the game unfolded and yeah. nothing yeah. happened. But yeah, you you have, you know, 32 to 6 to the Patriots, 48 to 25 to the Bucks, uh, 43 to 3 to Dallas, 25 yeah. to nothing to the Patriots, yeah. 30 to 17 to Tampa Bay, 31 to 13 to San Francisco. Like the good teams that they actually have on the roster. Uh, they got demolished. So yeah. I, I, I'm 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 looking for just can you play a competitive like three and a half quarters? Yeah, that's all I'm looking for. Just keep me keep me interested until the fourth quarter starts. That's all I'm asking. Like you know, I can tune out for the fourth quarter, but like you know, I need at least through halftime. That's bare minimum. So uh, we didn't always get that last year. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I I I, uh, I think we're we're moving in the right direction, but we have another year until I think it really starts to come together. Um, right. But, you know, we get Willie Anderson in here next year. Then, then we're cooking with gas. So <laughs> Jalen Carter too, you know, I, I don't, you know, either way, that's fine. Uh, but uh, yeah, it, it, I think this is one off season away and they're going to have a lot of money next year. Um, they'll probably be picking at least top 10, probably challenging for the top five. Uh, so they should have an opportunity to spend money and, add some some you know high draft picks and and remake this roster again and, and start building towards something positive uh but you know we've got we're gonna have to weather a difficult season first and for falcons fans we're really good at that so we should we should be good to go but <laughs> yeah. um yeah any any other final thoughts charles before we uh we close off today may god look over our souls this season. <laughs> yeah uh, that's all i got i i i have a feeling this is going to be a hostile season for Falcons fans <laughs> with you know a real quarterback uh battle on the horizon and just a crappy team in general. But like I said, stay focused on the main goal here, people. I think that this roster is a good deal better than last year's roster, but they probably won't be winning seven games. So let's let's stay focused on the prize. Uh and everyone just have fun out there. That's all we got. Yeah, just just have a good time. Like, don't take it so seriously. Like, like, 
go like that's what I'm trying to tell the people. Like we have a lot of viewers that are very optimistic Falcons fans, and I remember when I was like that, you know. So I don't want to like dunk How on can anybody. You be optimistic still? <laughs> is, I don't know. Maybe they're I new here. I I, I, I want to meet the people who are so optimistic about this. Yeah, team. but they're like, oh, they're gonna win ten games. They're gonna do this and that. It's like just. Don't go in like you can do that if you want, but like if they are if they're bad, you're gonna be like pissed off and like oh why are they so bad? I don't understand. Like if you go in thinking they're gonna be bad and they're bad, it's like okay that's fine. Like this is what I thought. But if they're good, you get to enjoy it. You're like oh wow, they're way better than I thought. This is great. And like if you were just expecting them to be good, then you're just sort of content. So you know just just lower the expectations a little bit this year that that's all i'm saying uh because it's gonna be a difficult season more than likely um or marcus Mariota is you know the next ryan Tannehill, who just has a total resurgence under arthur smith uh and you know we're, we're cooking so you know maybe i guess there's a slight chance in some universe where that happens but um i wouldn't put money on it definitely don't you know bet the i mean i i might say like five wins yeah you know, five. I think five to seven is possible, but five to seven is possible. I'm more in like the three to five bucket. Yeah, just because I think the, the schedule is so hard, and I obviously even the games against the bad teams are not gimmies anymore for where this team yeah. is. Yeah, when you have Matt Ryan, it's like any game you could win. Like you could win any game with Matt Ryan just because Matt Ryan could just turn it on and have a great game, and you know you could yeah. you could get through it. But I, I, I don't, I don't even, trust these new quarterbacks like that yet. So neither do I. Like I don't even think Rams. Falcons week two should be televised. <laughs> Eric, it's dude, a Aaron Donald yeah. against Jalen Mayfield. Are you Oof. kidding me? Like, <laughs> man, maybe there's still hope he'll retire before you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Mariota or Ritter, like they got to be praying that the Rams don't pay Aaron Donald before the season starts. Yeah, yep. that's the only way they're making out of that game alive. Yeah, or the holdout extends through week two. That's that's our only hope. So yeah, <laughs> but yeah, Charles, really appreciate it. Uh, great talk. As always, guys, he is Charles McDonald at Four Verts on the Twitter, host of the Exemplus podcast, does great work over at Underdog Fantasy. Anything else you're working on, Charles, you'd like to plug? No, I'm not trying to work at all right now, really. Oh, so perfect. Yeah, I'm be that's ideal. I'm under the radar for the next few weeks. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Yeah, guys, I'm Kevin I at Falcoholic Kevin. Uh, thanks for checking us out. If you're interested in supporting the show, you can do so on Patreon at patreon.com slash Live. Make sure you like and subscribe, all that good stuff. Uh, give us a five-star rating on your podcast platform of choice. And uh, we'll see you guys next on Wednesday at 8 p.m. for the next live show. Uh, until then, guys, thank you all for tuning in. We'll talk to you next time on the Falcoholic Podcast slash Live. Thanks so much, folks. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.